Ask the podcast coach for March 20th, 2021. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means, hey, it's Saturday. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv and the host of Home Gadget Geeks. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Oh, that's a nice intro. Happy Saturday morning to you, Dave. Uh, and glad that we are back on Ask the Podcast Coach. It's um, apparently spring is in the air. Have you? We had, a, we, had a, we had a couple days where it got into the 50s. It's supposed to get up to 60 today here in Ohio. And uh, for the record, 50 is not that warm. Yes, it's warmer than 18, but you still need a coat. So, and you know what'll yeah. warm you up? Yeah, a little bit of coffee. Can a little you, bit of can coffee. You we can hook that up. Coffee. And, of course, that uh, coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend over at Mark at podcastbranding.co, which I'll throw up here on the screen. We are live at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. We're also in Clubhouse. If you have a question, uh, feel free to raise your hand, and we'll bring you up in just a minute. But uh, Mark over at podcastbranding.co has a new podcast brand audit. In other words, like, give me a health check. How is my brand? And so if you put a lot of time and effort into creating your podcast, let's make sure you're doing the best you can for your brand. So on his website, he says, the podcast brand audit is a detailed visual inspection of your podcast overall brand performed by Mark, podcast branding specialist. And uh, the audit examines over 40 aspects of your show's visual identity. He says, I'll review your cover art, your social media, your uh, your different channels, your website, much more to ensure everything is working to your best advantage. And then I'll provide you with a detailed report on where your brand is working and maybe where it's not. Uh, you only get one chance to make a first impression, make the best impact you can. Order your podcast branding audit today at podcastbranding.co. And I just realized, I'm like, boy, this this spot seems a little weird. You know why? It seems a little flat because we forgot the music. We forgot. I, I, I got done and I was like, oh, I need to uh, hit the music. And what's really weird, do you not hear music at all? I don't, no. It's, it's blinking. It's really here. Oh, there we go. There we go. I just didn't hit the button fast enough. But yeah, uh, so anyway, go over and check out Mark at podcastbranding.co. I hit the button. (laughs) And uh, we should also talk about uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash I just removed Jim. I didn't want to remove Jim. There we go. (laughs) You're having a a good morning this morning. Technology-wise, I'm just not doing good. Um, But if you would like to uh, sponsor Jim's mug is gone back to a generic mug and uh, you can order, you can sponsor Jim's mug by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash store. Here, here's the question I see a lot this morning in uh, out in uh, Facebook land. And that was the whole like website. Uh, and that is, uh, here's one. Uh, in this case, it was Masha. She said, what's the benefit of having a standalone website for your podcast versus one that your host providers. So this could be Libsyn, Buzzsprout, you know, Podbean, whoever. Um, she said Buzzsprout provides a nice basic one that allows for streaming to various platforms and episode summaries, uh, which is kind of all I need. I can even purchase a domain name and redirect and then run ads to that if I wanted to. Does anyone see the benefit of building your own website? I can see how it would be helpful but not sure if it's worth all the extra work just to have an about page or a little extra info. 
And as I was reading that, I think the the line that jumped out for me was the one she says, uh, which is kind of all I needed to do. And I'm like, if that's what you needed to do, then by all means, that's it. I think you do need a website. I see some people are like, well, you don't really need a website. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm down with that because of the Google juice and you know, you can get people it it's going back to, to Mark with podcast branding. I, I see this all the time with these link trees and that just makes my head explode when somebody goes, Oh, go to this page and you can, you know, here's all my subscribe links. Here's all my contact links. And if you want to do that, that's fine. Just do it on your own website. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another way to, to say your domain name. And she had mentioned that, you know, that she, you can point a domain at the Buzzsprout page. And I'm like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the one that always kind of makes me scratch my head as well. When I see somebody that's like, yes, you know, uh, Jim sold his first company for 200 million. You can find him at, you know, Jim Cullison dot, you know, vapor dot com. And I'm like, what? So I don't know, Jim, what are your thoughts on having a website? Well, and three kind of, you talked about three things in there. One is just having a generic landing page on your host provider that has that usually not a very helpful URL. There's some things you can do to kind of right. trick that out, but that's, that's one way. And it's David it is low maintenance and there's some folks who just want to podcast. So right. if you, if you just want to create audio and you want to get it out there and you want to do the extra work and you want people to have a hard time finding you, which is generally the way it goes. Um, that, that is, that's kind of one uh, method of getting done. Then the second method that you talked about the redirect, that's kind of that next step, right? Get the, buy the URL, redirect it over. That third step then is actually a website. I, I um, yeah, I think it's important for branding. I think it's one of those things that it, it, it's a reflection of you. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having a little, a little uh, issue. Hold on one sec. It's that fun-filled coffee went down the wrong Yeah, time. I don't know. I, I think it's because I slept in this morning. I think that's the problem. You know, <laughs> your just body's rejecting it. enough time to clear the throat. Um, so with your own website, you really get an opportunity to just show your brand, show who you are, right? A lot of the sites, a lot of the media hosting websites, you don't have a lot of control over, you know, some things here and some things there. You know, we, we talk about pod page all the time and, and that's, that's kind of a, even a step in between of kind of, you've got some pretty good controls over what you can do, but you can't totally do it your own way. It's still kind of a set laid out, right? So I think just kind of figure out where you want to be on that spectrum. Um, you know, Dave, setting up a WordPress site or whatever you decide to do, it's some work. So, you know, you have to give it, make sure it's secure and you're going to have to add some things to it. And you're, we talk about Mark at, at podcast branding, <clears throat> you know, it, yeah, sometimes you have to pay people to get it branded yeah. right, right? So it's definitely a continuum. I wouldn't say any of those is wrong, right? I would just right. say just depends what you want to do. Yeah, it is like the ultimate point. Yeah. It's important to have a, it's, I think it's important to have one. So you, you, you make the call, the old, the old NFL <laughs> 70s. You, you make, make the, call. the call. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and, I, and I, it does come down to, again, the favorite answer of all podcast answers, which is it depends. If all you need is somebody to subscribe and listen, then your default page is probably fine. I, again, would use a domain name, but now if I want somebody to sign up for a newsletter, that can get tricky because not all hosts allow you to put, like, that form on your website and blah, blah, blah. But I definitely think it's worth it. And um, the other thing is it's a great place to, to put all your notes. So one thing I, I we should talk about is – where that comes into problems and where having a separate site is when you're using your built-in host and you want to add images 
to your episode notes. Because the problem right. is right. your episode notes are also going into the RSS feed. And not that images will mess up your RSS feed, but the more robust you make that, the better the chance that the RSS feed is going to go. And then you're, yeah, they're trying to strip everything out. Yeah. I mean, and some of them are stripping everything out. Yeah. So you're providing helpful links getting stripped out. You're providing graphics getting stripped out, right? Yeah. Well, the other thing I, I, I'm like 90% sure of this because I had somebody contact me at, at Libsyn and her links weren't showing in Spotify. Now, the fun thing is if you go into whoever your media host is and you use their tools to make things bold and you add the links and this and that, no matter what you did, you did it right, it's going to look different in different apps. And I believe I've now figured out uh, that Spotify will only show a link if the link is HTTPS. Because she, this person sent me a question and I was looking into it and it was like, wow, that is really weird because her last episode was fine. But like four episodes mm. before, like two links would show and two links wouldn't. And I was like, yeah. huh. So that's where you, you know, dust off the Sesame Street. One of these things doesn't belong here kind of thing. And uh-huh. I'm like, what's different about these? And I was like, ah, they both have this and that. And then I was like, ah, those two don't have HTTPS. So, so they're stripping out on secure links. Is well, what they're doing. It, yeah, basically. Yeah. They just don't make it a link. And I was like, well, that's different. So. Well, I think everybody is. I, I think this is, it's just a good reminder. And this is one of those technical things. When you're using links in on your website, one, if you're going to have a website, you have to have an SSL certificate to make sure that thing is secure. Like yeah. you can, those days are over. So if you're putting up, if you're not doing the work, in some cases, host providers do that for you now. So just make sure that's getting done. I, I don't know of a lot of places that aren't doing that anymore or, or where it's a lot of, it used to be a hassle to get that SSL certificate and get it, you know, get it installed on your, site so that that https would work but if you're not including all your links as https you're being i think you're being penalized some like the crawler on google does not like unsecure links either so just make sure you've kind of cut it it's it's no longer http like that those days are gone everything is should be https and we should be moving forward with that yeah. Uh, somebody in the chat room, Mr. Butterfield said, what about pod page? Yeah. Pod page is yeah. a great example, yeah. especially for people that like, I just want to set it and forget it. That's like the best. And they have I a built in my... SSL. And yeah. I love my pod page. Like it's a, it's a, it's got a, it's got a voicemail thing on it. It's got the, the links. Is it Brian? I think over there at it, it, it pod page, uh, Brendan, Brendan. So it, the dude communicates a lot. Like you, you hear from him all the time. I mean, it's, I don't know how he's still alive. Like he, yeah. he has to have worked been the hardest working guy in the last, uh, hopefully he's got a team around him that's doing some of this stuff, but they've done some good work. Pod pages is one of those exceptions where I kind of think like, well, okay, you got to really, you got to kind of weigh that because it's got a ton of functionality. Well, and he's adding mm-hmm. a, he's adding the functionality. I just saw it and he has a Facebook page. If you want to like learn how to grow your product, go join the pod page Facebook group because yeah. he goes in and says, Hey, I'm adding, I'm thinking of adding this feature. How many people think this is important? And then in some cases it's like, but the one he's adding right now is he's trying to come up with a way to like a guest form. Like if somebody says, Hey, can I be on your show? You're like, Hey, and it's a built in form that somehow I'm not sure exactly what's going to go, but that's one of those that was just kind of brought on by people that use that product. They're like, Hey, is there any way you can do like some sort of form for guests? And he's like, Mm -hmm. let me go back and hack this out. So 
Yeah, and he does a nice job of it. I mean, yeah. they're they're done they're done really well. So that's kind of the intermediate, I think. Step. By the way, you can have a pod page and not have it, it can, it, you know, it doesn't. You can have your own site and still claim and use your pod your pod page. Um, pod Chaser is the same way, Dave. I yeah. mean, uh, that thing continues to grow and expand at a ridiculous rate, and the list functionality in Pod Chaser is so good. I use it at work. It just, it, the, the ability for it to create custom lists of podcasts that look great are fantastic. So if you're not, if you're, if you haven't claimed your podcasts over a pod chaser, you should, and then take a look at the, some of the capabilities and the site looks great. You know, you, yeah, looks I, pro. I took a day once and went back through and put all the times I've appeared on other podcasts, which is in the hundreds which looks impressive when you go to my profile. It's like he's appeared on 228 different podcasts. And I yeah. was like, you know, and it was fun. It was like in some cases. Tagged like yourself over there. You went over there and tagged yourself. Yeah, yeah. it's. I forget. It, it, that's the only part I sometimes have a hard time. There's a difference between my profile and then me as a host or something like that that sometimes confuses me. So, um, yeah, uh, Coach Dave says here, Hodgepage over, offers a $20 year legacy plan that allows you to park old shows. So if you're like, ah, I'm going to, I'm done. I'm not going to do any more episodes, but it's evergreen content and it promotes my service. You can actually use pod page to make the page, the website for you. And then uh, that's a case where it's not going to go back and update and look for more episodes. Cause well, there aren't any. Yeah. That'd be a great, that'd be a great way to, I know on Lipson you can downgrade your plan yeah. to right to like five bucks or something like that yeah. to keep them there. Can you buy that? Like if I wanted to park a plan on Lipson, could I do the same thing just buy a five dollar? You could or do, do you have to yeah, have it? No, you could do the five dollar plan and then send the RSS feed to Podpage. But yeah, yeah, all the different plans, whether it's Podbean or you know all the all the media hosts, when you are paying somebody to host your media, when you no longer pay them to host their media, yeah. they will no longer host your media. So that means your website doesn't your your files don't work, your RSS feed doesn't work. And I've seen a lot of people ask that. They're like, hey, um, you know, I'm going to be taking a break. And that's where you can downgrade. But if you actually close your account on any really media host, you're, you're paying them to host your file. And when you close your account, right. they're not going to host your file anymore. So, um, hey, Dave, how do folks on Clubhouse? So do they just just raise, they your just hand? raise their hand? Yeah, Is that they, what they do? So if you're on Clubhouse right now and you want you got a question, that's kind of what we're looking for. If you want to yeah. jump in, you got a question. We're ad hoc. We can do just about anything. So if you're new to to ask the podcast coach on clubhouse just raise your hand we'd love to have you jump into the conversation yeah um i'm gonna say elaine oops i hit the wrong one that's always fun uh dave said is it me or is dave's picture mostly in his face not as sharp as jim's yes i'm I'm a little sharper than you dave let's just you know well that's always the case generally (laughs) i i played with this this morning i looked fantastic last night i rebooted my computer and things are back to caca Every time I reboot my computer, I use I lose my video settings, and I've tried turning down. Uh, it just I look like crap right now. I look orange, and I've tried adjusting many things, and it's really weird because the Logitech software that comes that I open up has fewer things. But if I open myself up in OBS and say, "Look at the video settings," I have a sharpness option, and I do not have a sharpness option the default thing and it's really really confusing but uh, mm-hmm. i think this was a question i've been blogging yep. but i'm switching to podcasting well that's good that's how i started uh what do i need to look for in choosing a podcast hosting platform taking into the account i have no money right now to pay for a hosting site elaine 
um, don't do it for free. If if you, we're talking like fifteen dollars a month, and if you know if you know Jim's coffee, by the time this show is over, if Jim was paying for that coffee, he'd spend fifteen bucks because it's really fifteen to twenty dollars to to get going. So, um, but what are you looking for? Number one, uh, accurate stats. So that that comes in handy. You want support because well, you're going to have questions. And then for me, there are two different varieties of there's two payment plans for for podcasts. So you have the the Blueberry, the Libsyn, the Podbean kind of version. And that is you get X amount of space per month to upload files and you can have unlimited number of downloads and your bill doesn't go up at all. So the only limit is how much can I upload per month? And every month they give you a new bucket to fill up. Then you have the Spreaker and the Captivate model, which is you can have as many podcasts, you can have as many episodes, you can just go crazy, you can make a whatever, go to town. Oh, by the way, the more downloads you get, the more expensive it gets. And if I was on their camp, I would say, well, that's okay. If you're getting more downloads, now you have room for sponsors, which I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thought. But so that's the two. And you're just looking for support. Um, don't use SoundCloud. SoundCloud now has received over $500 million in, in they have like 71 and they got another like 70 million. And we're all just like going, why Why won't that thing go away? So don't use SoundCloud. They haven't updated since 2017. I wouldn't use Squarespace for my web, for my podcast. They do great websites. But I prefer either uh, Podbean, Blueberry, Libsyn. Those, that's, I, like the, I like the ability to say, look, I got a $15 bill and I don't care how many downloads I have. I don't want to have to worry about that. Uh, the other thing I look for is don't limit how many episodes I can have in my back catalog. So there are some out there that are like, oh, it's X amount a month and you get X amount of storage for your episodes. I want that. I mean, I've got, we've got 337 episodes of this one. I've got 700 plus episodes on that. Um, but I would just, if you want to use free, it's kind of like using training wheels, which, you know, I used when I was riding a bike, but I just, the free stuff, I, I clean up a mess every Every single day, I am cleaning up a mess caused by a free media host, and it's just uh, you get what you pay for. So, uh, Jim, anything else on, on your side? Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. I, I, I think, I, I guess I would say, I, and I would be remiss if I didn't throw in my host provider at Maple Grove Partners, yeah. uh, ten dollar a month plans. But that's not for uh, your podcast. Small. Yeah, no, it's for both the website and media hosting. He Ooh, does both. Interesting. Yeah, it's, an, right. it's an all in. It's an all in. It's boutique. Let's just be really right. honest. I mean, it was built for podcasters and it was really built for me. He just built a business around it. He was like, Hey, I'm interested in doing this. Show me what you do and how can we price this in a way that makes sense. So you get web and media hosting for, for 10 bucks a month. I would say, um, a maple grove partners.com. I would say though, if you're into the money, you know, question like I don't have any money to the way you started this, give something up. Like, Find a, like cancel Netflix. You should, you're going to need to cancel it anyways, because you're not going to have any time to watch Netflix once you start podcasting. Like it's going to take a lot of time or cancel one of those online subscriptions or find a couple of them to, to get canceled and, 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 you know, buy a plan. I just, I think I'm with you. You get what you pay for in, yeah. in this, in this space. And 
yeah, you could go, you could get started on anchor. You can do it that way if you want to get going. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are doing it and using it and getting it done that way. But I, I kind of like, I like to stick with the, you know, with the companies that are in this for the long haul That's and what, that, you know, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, well, there's this new media host. And I said, okay, when somebody comes up and says, Hey, there's, there's a new car manufacturer. It's uh it's Ganoiken. You know, it's the Ganoiken car. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, from people that used to work at whatever. And you're like, great. Now I'm going to go buy a car. I can go buy a Ford. I can buy a Chevy. I can buy a Toyota or a Honda, or I can buy a Ganoiken. And I'm like, mm, am I going to like, like let, Ganoiken cut their teeth on me or, right. you know, and it's really like, mm, so that's, that's, I think you go is the, those are the yeah. company that did that by the way. Right. Yeah. Man, I haven't said that word in a long time that, yeah. that eighties uh, European manufacturer that made this the cheapest cars possible. Ever. Yeah. I still remember uh, there was an SNL skit and it was like, uh, forget the name of the fake brand, but it was a car made out of mud. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Yikes. and if you got in an accident, you just went out and reshaped your car. It was great fun. Well, lick, lick it, just kind of okay. It'll, yeah. it, it'll be good. Yeah, I think you kind of get what you pay for, and so, um, it, it, it's a good. I think it's a good idea to look at them all. Yeah. So, but the great thing is, you've got the hard part. You've got content. So, uh, Chris yeah. Christensen is uh, coming up on the stage, awesome. and we've got Jonathan coming up in just a bit. Um, hey, Chris, Chris, how are you? I'm good. Uh, the SNL skit you're thinking of was the Adobe. The Adobe, yes. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Which ends with the people who are in their white outfits going uh, to play tennis, and they've been sitting in Adobe clay. So <laughs> nice. Oh, kind of fits the theme of this morning, Dave, as we were talking about comedy skits yeah. in the very beginning. Thanks for thanks for jumping in and, and clarifying our jokes. Yeah, if we kind of need an audience for that, just to kind of get all the details right. <laughs> well, I was I was tempted to uh, start doing ask the podcast coach. I was going to go find the clip of Laverne and Shirley, where it's like Laverne and Shirley was filmed in front of a live studio audience, and I was like, if I do that, then I don't have to edit the show. Like it's just hey, it's live. You know, this, yeah, this, right you get what you get. So we need uh, a laugh track, though. If we're going to do that, we need a laugh track. <laughs> that would be so bad. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to bring Jonathan up on stage. Hey guys, how are you doing? It's Jonathan Mosen from the Mosen at Large podcast. And I got no sympathy for you, Jim, if you slept in because it's not even 4 a.m. here because I'm in New Zealand. It's, uh, oh, it's yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah it's, so, yeah, well, how's, how's the future? Is it okay? Is everybody okay? The future, the future is bright. It's so bright. I got to wear shades, man. And, <laughs> uh, uh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, so I, I got out of bed to talk to you guys, but, uh, <laughs> wow. Thank I you. wanted, Thanks for yeah. doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I wanted to have a talk about the, the podcast host topic that you were just chatting about. Uh, it's one of those subjects, isn't it? I've been podcasting since 2004, and every so often I uh, go to Reddit or various things and try and help people out, and it's that perennial question. There are a couple of things that people don't seem to mention very much. The one that really intrigues me is that um, Buzzsprout, which, you know, I really like all their social media and uh, all that they do. They contribute a lot to the community, but I could never use them because they re-encode your audio. Um, and, you know, this is the thing that really, you know, gets to me. I, I, I am really particular, like you, Dave. I mean, I love the way you process uh, everything you you do is so pristine. And so if somebody re-encodes my audio, I kind of get a bit grumpy about that. I mean, some people may not mind, but they encode it down to uh, 96K, 96 I think, mono- no matter what you do. And here's the thing that drives me nuts is 
if you you can have them it's called magic mastering where they basically yeah. tie in the background of uh uh phonic but they'll then export it at 192 stereo and i'm like so i can't get i need for the record i need to go over and try their magic mastering because this might be an option but it sure doesn't look like it when i look at the help documentation but it's either 192 stereo or 96 mono and i'm like i'm a big fan of 128 stereo and uh you just yeah that's all you need for a podcast yeah and I, uh, but but i don't want mono so for my podcast i've invested in something that a lot of podcasters don't bother with i i paid for a bunch of jam jingles and i really like them and i'm certainly not going to have them compressed to hell and, and down to mono so right. um that rules it out for me the one that i don't think i've ever heard you mention david i'd be really interested in your view about it is i switched to pinecast a while back mm-hmm. and i really like them um it's a one person shop yeah so when i switched i sort of said to him so what happens if you get run over by a bus man he's really responsive and um you know, you can you can get him all the time. And he's got a good deal. And that's one of the reasons why I raised my hand, because he's got a kind of a hybrid with those two models that you're talking about. You can pay at their base plan, it's 10 bucks a month. You can have as many episodes as you want and unlimited downloads. But for that 10 bucks a month tier, the one limitation he imposes is 80 megs per episode. That's not really, sorry, yeah, 80 megs per episode. Yeah. That's not really too bad. Um for for most podcasters. And, you know, he's got a pretty good suite of tools there. So that's another one I think uh, Pinecast is worth, worth consideration as well. Yeah, you're right. He is very responsive. I started a podcast called Podcast Rodeo Show, uh, and it wasn't supposed to go longer than a month because I had so many people saying, what do you think about Pinecast? Because when he first came out, he was only charging five bucks. Now, he, he figured it out a while ago that, hey, that's yeah. it's not a great business model. But, uh, yeah, he does. He's probably the most a la carte guy I see where uh, it's, uh, you know, like, Oh, I want this, but I, Oh, I could use this, but I don't need that kind of thing. And yeah, if, if I had one thing that I would say hmm, about is he's not IAB certified, but if you're not doing advertising, that may not be, you know, that important to you, but his, his stats are pretty cool. I, I now I'm on like the, I'm grandfathered in at like the $5 plan. I don't know what his, advanced stuff looks like but uh he is super responsive and um the support over there is great but yeah that's definitely one worth uh we're checking out yeah he's he's really good value and the other thing too is that i'm totally blind i think i was the first totally blind podcaster and uh, he really cares about accessibility Mm. um so that's something in his favor as well if you ever get desperate for guests over on the school of podcasting i'd love to talk with you about how blind people podcast and actually blind people make really good podcast listener feedback people because we're so particular about our audio we've consumed it all our lives and uh, it's it's a pretty interesting niche to be in well what's your website mosen.org m-o-s-e-n.org and uh, i run my blog and my podcast from there and uh producing about three hours of content every week and we're getting, you know, a few thousand listeners every week. So it's kind of cool when you can pick a niche like that. And my podcast is really totally targeted at blind people. We talk about current affairs and a a wide range of issues, but through a blindness lens, how does this affect blind people? And it's interesting because it's something that just a lot of people aren't doing, you know? And so when you can pick a niche like that, that the people aren't tapping into, it's amazing what you can get. That's it. You get that whole holy cow that guy's talking to me effect going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jonathan, are you, are you, re- did you really wake up for us? Or are you like Dave and I, and you just don't sleep anymore because you're old? <laughs> the, which, which is it? I, I actually do look forward to it. So I do my podcast live as well. Um, thanks to a couple of suggestions, I now use StreamYard, which is also accessible. So that's one of the big Good. barriers that blind people have to overcome is, first of all, you think this is a cool tool. And then you think, well, is this actually accessible with a screen reader? And sadly, a lot of the podcast industry either doesn't know or doesn't care that blind people use this stuff. And so we get shut out of a lot of good stuff. But StreamYard is pretty good. And so I now jump on there and uh, stream it live as well as the internet radio station I run. So I get some really useful tips, you know, and that's the thing. I've been doing it since 2004, but you never stop learning. Right. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, to your point, I don't think they don't care in a mean way. I just don't think they don't know sometimes like because it's not affecting you know because we see it doesn't affect us it's if you don't really understand the problem it's not there i think you bringing it up though is good awareness and like i am guilty of the alt tag sin of making you know my so my graphics right i'm guilty of it and it's not that (laughs) i don't care it's just we in in and Microsoft is actually doing a bunch of changes on on um some of the sites that they run linkedin and such where they at least prompt you to put the alt tags in, you know, to say, hey, not every, you know, like you're, you're uploading a graphic. Not everybody can see this. You should consider the alt tag, right? You don't have to put it in. But that's one of those areas where I think we could do a better job of prompting people to put it in. If it becomes a requirement or if it becomes something we, at least it's visible to us. I, you know, in the old days, you just uploaded graphics. You weren't thinking, you didn't, you know, you think, well, you know, a, a full, what's the, what's the, what's the percentage of people of the, of the global population that is blind? Do you know, do you have that stat when, when handy? I mean, I, I think you probably have about one to 2% of the internet yeah. using, yeah. Um, so, yeah. so, I mean, it, it's not huge. Well, but it's, uh, it, it's, but it's people though. It's still people. That's, and that's it's just exactly a matter right. Of, right. It's just a matter of making a few, uh, a few changes. So I think we could get better in our platforms about prompting. So it reminds people like, you know, you need to put this there so that someone who can't see the screen and is using a, sc- a screen reader can see it. So it's it's great for awareness, Jonathan, for sure. Yeah, and and that said, it works both ways. Uh, it's important for blind people to be, you know, sp- speaking up a little more. And I actually, as a as an experiment, I invested in the full Podfest uh, subscription that concluded a wee while ago, uh, and that was an interesting experience for me because. There was so much on diversity that people were celebrating, which is fantastic. People with a, a range of uh, ethnic backgrounds, women podcasting, but there was virtually zilch about blind people or disabled people podcasting. And then I found that my ability to participate was hindered by the pretty marginal uh, app that they use on iOS from an accessibility perspective. Mm-hmm. But I figure unless I just keep making these points and find ways to get out there and, and uh, let people remind them that we're here, we're not going to get any change. And Clubhouse is good for that. Yeah. There you go. Do you, do you um, Jonathan, have you ever thought about like consulting on that? Like offering a package to podcasters to say, Hey, uh, for X number of dollars, I'll run an audit on your site and, help you make it accessible? It's a really interesting question. So I've been doing it from the other end. I do an audio book called Unleash Your Inner Podcast, which is mm-hmm. kind of uh, like, if you're a blind person, how do I podcast when there are so many hostile things? And um, that sells really well. 
I uh, run a thing here on on uh, Clubhouse called the Blind Podmaker, which is a title I'm pretty proud of, actually. Uh, yeah. And we we do things for blind people. But no, I haven't really thought about reaching out to the podcast community. One of the challenges, actually, is that I have thought about reaching out to the podcast industry as a whole through Clubhouse on some of the clubs that they have here. But I'm following a lot of them, and mm. they've made me a member of a couple of them. But I can't start any start any rooms on any of them. Mm. You know, I don't have that privilege. Yeah. Mm. You need to, uh, I think Steve Ulsher is the guy behind, I think it's Pod Club or Pod yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, can, if you can ping him for me, because I've been trying to uh, get his attention so I can start a room on his club, which has a lot of members. But as I say, I don't have the privilege to actually start a room. I pop mm. in there from time to time and contribute. But I can't actually create a room to say, hey, guys, have you ever thought about how your podcast or your podcast tools can be used by a blind person. Here's a little presentation and I'd love to do that. It's a a good, uh, just a great reminder. It's, it's one of these things we need to, you know, at one or 2%, it seems small, but if you're in that one or 2%, it's awful. You know, you get in there, just listen, listen, if so for, for our seeing friends, um, you know, close your eyes and turn on the screen reader and try to do what you normally do just off voice prompts and you will find out very, very quickly you're going to struggle and it's in, in, you know, go to your own website and turn on the screen reader and see what it's hover over things and see what it's saying. You may have, it's it. I did that one time. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got some work to do, you know? And the thing is a screen reader is a brand new tool. So it is going to confuse people. But what I would highly recommend is if you want to know how well your website is working out or your, your podcast tool, actually reach out to a real blind person who knows what they're doing and ask them and and get some good quality feedback. Well, I'd encourage you to put a package together, make it reasonable, you know, uh, make it a, you know, a $99 audit that you would go in and give them, you know, give them. And then, Maybe it comes with uh, an optional coaching package where you would join them, you know, uh, a one-on-one to help them walk through some of those things. I think that's a pretty reasonable, for some podcasters, that might be a really helpful thing to have. So Cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, hey, thanks for waking up for us. I know you were already awake. I'm wide awake now. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping in. Great to have you. Cheers. Right now, Jim is thirsty. I know we're halfway through. So we're gonna we're gonna thank our awesome supporters, and that does include uh, the Dog Podcast Network. is still a teacher's pet. You can find that at dogpodcastnetwork.com. I just listened to an episode on how French bulldogs. You know, Lady Gaga had her mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. dogs kidnapped. That's like going on all the time, like insane amounts. And then also in that same episode, I got to learn how why. Why is the dog humping everything? That's that was part of it. And it's it's a great podcast because by the time I walked around the block, it was pretty much done. And that's really what yeah. their podcasts yeah, are designed for. So yeah. you can also win some money out there at uh, Dog Podcast Network. They're looking for stories and you can win up to uh, five thousand dollars. And also, I don't. Well, here we'll do this. We have a new awesome supporter. And that is uh, Chris Spangle. Over at WeAreLibertarians.com. In fact, he has a whole network of shows, and they even have a thing over there like, what the heck is a libertarian? Uh, If you want to know, uh, go over to WeAreLibertarians.com. It's part of the network, and uh, I want to say thanks to Chris for uh, becoming a new awesome supporter. I was very happy to see 
They have a show called Boss Hog of Liberty. Yes, Boss Hog like of Liberty. It. Just a, any show with Boss Hog in it, <laughs> it's got to be. Good. I'm surprised Boss Hog hasn't been canceled at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, just, no, totally. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go back and watch those old shows, oh. you're kind of like, well, yikes. Kenny Wayne Shepherd. To take a quick tangent, Kenny Wayne Shepherd got a uh, an award or, or nominated. Kenny Wayne Shepherd's a blues guitarist. And they took away his nomination because he owns a General Lee, which had the Confederate flag. He's like, look, I was a big yeah. fan of the show. Anyway. Um, All, right. All right. Yes. Not we, to get political. We don't get political yeah, here. Yeah, it's not, not getting political. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do get presidential and we do like President Jackson, even though speaking of people that were racist and bad. That's one of those like my grandma used to say. You're you're you know you're. This is degrading. Na- quick day. Yeah. Eject. Yeah. Eject. Eject. Hey, let's thank Shane. Shane over at Spybrary uh, who actually got some play in uh, the local newspaper. I saw that on his Facebook play. Uh, Ed Sullivan over at SonicCupcake.com. So if you need an editor, check out Ed. Uh, Felix over at the Latin Podcast Awards, which is powered by the Audio Dice Network. You can find that at Latin Podcast Awards. So if you want to get your Latin on, uh, it's a good place to start. Uh, Glenn the Geek Hebert over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Glenn actually inspired me to make a new T-shirt that says, Don't Be Boring. Uh, and uh, with the School of Podcasting name underneath of that. But uh, I sent one over to Glenn because it was, well, it's his thing. You know, nice. so you can find nice. Glenn over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Max Trescott up in the air at AviationNewsTalk.com. So if you're a pilot and want to get your aviation talk on, check it out, AviationNewsTalk.com. Greg over at DebtShepherd.com. So if you're wetting your pants right now about taxes and freaking out, uh, you know what? He teaches financial wellness. So check out Greg over at DebtShepherd.com. Toastmasters 101 is the home of Kim Kragy. If you want to develop your voice, uh, reduce your editing time, and improve your content, well, doggone it, Toastmasters101.net. What's wrong with you if you're not over? If you you had to listen to last week's show to get that. Uh, The Indie (laughs) Drop-In Network com. this is where greg is taking shows that are either true crime or comedy or some sort of scary story and he's putting them in front of an audience so he's developing the audience you send him your content and he will put that in front of that and you can find that over at indiedropin.com so if that's you true crime comedy or scary time check him out indiedropin.com uh michael who is in the chat room michael do me a favor resend that slide i know this is still the wrong one and uh you can find it. It looks good, though. It does it's look good. good. It's cool. Slide, yeah. yeah. Uh, find Michael where he's, uh, you know, we're podcasting and hard work are made fun. You can find him at babymountainradio.com. And uh, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter or see the other awesome supporters, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And if you would like to sponsor the mug, do a one-time donation, any of that fun-filled stuff, uh, buy my book, Profit From Your Podcast. That's all available at askthepodcastcoach.com slash store so thank you to all those lovely people so tristan how are you buddy what can we help you with keep looking up um just uh, looking at stats and uh conversations with you um i don't know if this is this is uh your, your own normal day of business but uh, uh, i've been playing around with the um new version of libsyn uh, and they've adjusted a little bit how they report the stats and it's yes. more helpful um with showing you seven day 30 day is it 90 days and, yeah. and lifetime um uh, and i find that a much help more helpful way of thinking about stats um with a with a breakdown um but i just wondered whether you give us any advice on on what sort of more standard or 
what's better to report to other people for, for comparisons? Oh, for com- well, first of all, don't compare yourself to others. That will ruin your attitude like nobody's business. Like overnight, I've seen people go, I can't believe I have 150 people listening to me. And then somebody walks into Facebook and goes, hey, we just went over 600 downloads an episode. And the first person is now crushed. And I'm like, Ugh, we don't know what that person is doing. They might have a more wide niche, things like that. So the one that people that sponsors are looking for is, and people don't do this, it's number of downloads per episode, not per month. Per month will make you sound like you're, you know, like you're Tony Robbins or whatever. It's number of downloads per episode after 30 days. So that's why what he's talking about is in the new Libsyn 5, there's a column now where you can see how many downloads did each episode get after seven days, which some might feel that's a good kind of representation of maybe your subscribers or your super fans. And then you've got 30 days, which is the one you would report to any kind of sponsors that if somebody says, how big is your audience? You can say, well, after 30 days, our episodes average, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the 90 day, which is 90. I guess at that point, that's your really long tail. But that's the the one that most people look at is is number of downloads per episode after 30 days. And, and I, Dave, I look over, I look at a month by month of two. So I have Spreaker for our plans at, mm-hmm. at Gallup in that annual view of month over month. So what, how did I do last month? Uh, one of the things I think would be helpful is if I kept track of what I did last year, this month, mm-hmm. that, which is harder to get in, in um, Spreaker stats. So I'd have to keep track of that myself, but that's also a very helpful stat to like, what were we doing this time last year? Um, Tristan, I don't. I don't think there's any one that's good. I think them all in combination so, with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for that. And what I've been doing is trying to compare maybe versus the ninety day or versus the lifetime. But ninety days probably more easy to do to try and go. What's my proportion of subscribers versus versus lifetime, and see if I can increase that as a proportion over time, or, or get more yeah. listeners and <laughs> more subscribers. Just trying to think yeah. of it as a so a relative metric, like a multiple rather than uh, a number to compare. Yeah. 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 I do like the seven day idea, Dave, of, of c- catching that week and then comparing that to the 30 day of saying, okay, what's kind of the delta there? And then yeah. comparing that over time by episode, I think is a really good way to, to kind of see what I, what I always think is just crazy is the variation in downloads by episode, even on that seven day number, you, you know, you're like, this is why does it swing so much? And it just does. Like it's you, you would think it would get to be a really, really stable number. And it's not. That yeah. thing swings around quite a bit. Some of that might be the headline you use, like the title yeah. of that. Yeah. Um and then But if you're anticipating people downloading it automatically, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is I've got, you know, I've got a, a thousand, let's just say, people who download it. They're not ever I don't ever look at the titles of anything I'm downloading and things I've subscribed to. Like I just download it because that's what happens right so right. that was, variation yeah i was thinking more for like seo and yeah, sharing yeah, yeah. and things like that but yeah. uh, i just think there wouldn't be that much variation yeah. that early like you, you would think man does seo kick in in the first seven days you know uh, it, so it it to me the the early numbers and i'm not saying this is a, a thing of Lipson. i'm saying right. this is in general i see this on spreaker all the time too where that the first when you release that thing, man, that number flies all over the place in the first couple of days of download. So it, it's just it's kind of weird. You'd think it'd be more stable, but it's not. Yeah. Anything else we can help you with? 
No, that's good. But just to, uh, just my my battery died. I had to switch over for a second. Um, uh, I lost you for a minute. Um, but with the titles, what I have seen interesting is someone else in another clubhouse room was telling me that um, a hack of even though you're not getting listeners to your YouTube channel, often the title there can help the ranking because uh, uh, Google likes YouTube. Um, and I just did some research that, that the titles, sometimes I could try a different title for the show versus the page that I host it on on my own site because the, the keywords of putting that person's keywords, they start ranking really well um, depending on how big that person is. Um, and I get more, more listens, I think, from the last couple of weeks with testing that out um, versus putting the more interesting words at the front, which I do with the podcast uh, name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. So anyway, that's Tristan, another thing where can we... With. Where can we find your Thank show? You. So your... it's called the Cliff Notes Podcast at nice. cliffnotespodcast.com. Awesome. That's easy to remember. There we go. Cool. Good job, Tristan. Uh, stay, stay safe out there, by the way, in the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're in the middle of London traffic. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I've said for years, headlines, your title. You know, If you think about it, the name of your show, in theory hopefully grabs people's attention to where they click yeah. on that. And then they're like, mm. and so you're, you're looking at your description and they're looking at the titles of your episodes and that's, what's going to help them go. Mm, do I want to subscribe to that? And I've seen people, I had a client once that, you know, they were doing the whole episode one, episode two, episode three. I'm like, that is not inspiring anyone to click oh, on your like show front to have that at the very well, no, first. That was, that was the only title. Oh, like, you know, yeah. and I see this a lot mm. with radio shows where it'll be like, it's the, you know, the, the Spencer Davis show, January 15th, Spencer Davis show, January 16th. And I'm like, there had to be one thing. Like, you know, I, yeah. I had a client of mine that did a, a show on radio in New York and I could not get her. I'm like, did you not have a piece of paper in front of you as you were doing the radio show? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, send me those notes. And I'm like, because yeah. it was always just the name of her, the, her name, and then the date. And I'm like, that's like, please tell me I can change your title. And she's like, do, well, do you think putting your own name up front, though, would build SEO a little bit? In other words, so Dave Jackson on and then yeah. Dave Jackson on, right, fill in the blank there. Do you think that would, um, and that's probably a Daniel question. Just yeah, I mean, Daniel's in the chat room. Daniel, throw in the, throw that in. Is that is that a bad thing on SEO or a good thing to have your own name in the titles? If your name's already in the title of the show, that's the one that, that always makes me scratch my head as well. So if I, you know, the name of the show is Ask the Podcast Coach. So if I then, in the title of the episode, put Ask the Podcast Coach, you know, and then put, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, looking at stats or whatever for the title, I to me, I don't know that having it twice is going to get you. I mean, I understand that the title of the episode is one of the few things, along with the author field, that that Apple searches, but I'm like, if you're in one, do you, do you need two? Is that just overkill? So. Tristan made a good point though. He put his, I think he was saying there, we, he was cutting out on us, but yeah. I think he was saying he put the guest's name up front yeah. and that was good from an SEO standpoint. Sure. So, we, you know, we just had a guest on home gadget geeks and I've been doing that a lot where I put the guest at the very, very front. It also makes it easier to find later. So yeah, Daniel says the name is already searched in the name field. So yeah, it's a okay. little, little okay. overkill a little redundant and, there if you yeah. and that's it's an ego play though like that's an ego play for sure to have every title have your own name in it I, that'd be <laughs> an, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that just to be honest yeah and then you know some people say well what's what about the episode number where do i put that and 
Some people put it up front because they'll have like EP, you know, 337 and it looks cool. I'm like, mm, okay. you know. I still do that. Should I stop? Well, I understand it, it. It works. It helps for search. So if I say, hey, on episode 213, we talked about such right. and such. Right. But I'm always like, but couldn't I put the 213 in the description and have it show and up? in the URL too. So, you know, I make yeah. a pretty link for, for each yeah. episode. So, um, but that's, yeah, I do it. I do the title and then dash hgg for whatever from a visibility standpoint no one's ever told me i should or i shouldn't from a listening standpoint yeah. like hey would you stop putting that crap at the end of your title like whatever so that's it well he's back uh the amateur traveler himself mr chris christensen how are you buddy hi dave uh first time listener long time caller <laughs> <laughs> so there's just there's just some point where you you can't right not call in and offer opinions so one thing to think about with the title. So first of all, if you're doing the Apple title, they don't want the episode numbers in the Apple title. Right. Now I know Libsyn, for instance, has a different field for that, but they've specifically said they want that in the episode field. But I, yeah, I still start with, uh, for me, it's AT pound 747, the amateur traveler episode number for this particular episode. But the big thing to think about with the title, so I wouldn't include your name, even though, remember, this is not just going to be in you know, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, but this is going to be generated into different web pages on different uh, services that read that feed. But the big reason I wouldn't put it there is for the people who already know you, they pretty much found you. You're not that hard to find. For you're putting that title in for two things. One is for your current listeners to understand whether this episode is one they care about. But largely, though, you're putting it in there for your back catalog so that when someone, in my case, I do a travel show, Amateur Travelers, Dave said. And, you know, I've had people who found me because they literally go into Apple Podcasts or whatever their podcast player is and say, um, travel Azerbaijan, you know, or wherever they're trying to go. You know, and I've had people who said, I found you because you were the only episode uh, the only podcast who'd ever covered Azerbaijan, you know, or uh, I've had people who've said, I found you because I was looking for something on, we were going to Budapest and, and I found your episode. So that's the reason why you don't put episode one is not really for the people who are reading the new episode, but for the, the back catalog, it's even more important. You know, if you want to have a back catalog where people go back and find you accidentally, it's for discovery. Um, so that's, you know, that title is really important. I used to do really funny, clever titles for this week in travel when I was doing that show and it really was bad SEO. And even with the guest name, I would put the guest name in there, but unless you have a guest that people are searching for, it's better to just put that in the subtitle or something else like that. But, you know, if you have the you know, leading rap musician or the president of the U.S. or something like that, absolutely put it in the title. But only really it matters if it's something that people are, Such they're looking for that person. Absolutely. Awesome. I, Chris, Chris, is it Buda, Chris, well, hold on real quick. Is it Budapest or Budapest? Budapest. It's Ooh, both. It's a, Mix them in it's there. a combination. Man, Pashed. I've been pronouncing that wrong my whole life. <laughs> That's okay. We, we, we all do. <laughs> awesome. So uh, a couple other thoughts on some of the topics earlier. Um, one was it, was, it was fun to hear Jonathan. Uh, I always loved running into people who started, you know, before I did, because I, I started a latecomer. I didn't start until 2005. But 
so I host with Libsyn. Getting back to the, the hosting discussion, Libsyn is my fourth host. I keep hearing people talk about, oh, you know, you should use this one. It's the it's the easiest one to use. And I'm thinking, are any of them really hard anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I used to edit my own RSS feed. Lipson, for instance, is not making some of the people's list. It's not as easy to use. I, I don't understand why, because you upload your file, you describe it, you press pl- publish. That seems pretty easy to me. So, yeah. But I think that's true with all the hosts. I, I don't really find one out there that's making me do something complicated. So the, the people who are, you know, when you search for what's the best host, you're going to find the ones, you're going to find the posts that are written for the affiliate links and probably have never tried all those hosts. That's it. And, um, you know, they're going to tell you the one who's willing to pay and not necessarily the best one out there. And ease of use is not really the issue anymore. Yeah. Stability would be number one. Now, you know, ad insertion, I think, is worth talking about. You know, can I get ad insertions into my show? Do I want them? Do I not want them? You know, do I have control over them? That's something that isn't going to be relevant right away, but it's going to be relevant eventually if you're planning on building up a big audience. So that's one thing I would look for. I would look for compliance, though, with the policy, the privacy guidelines that are coming out there now, like the GDPR and the California privacy guidelines and some of the hosts are not going to do as well with that. And that could cause some problems. I would definitely look for, you know, who has had bad experiences with people. Do they let you transfer your show out? You know, those are the kind of things that I would look for over, I think some of the things that were mentioned earlier. And then one last thing, Jonathan mentioned doing a stereo show and, and which is fine. If you've got the music and you really love it, as long as you don't do stereo with the audio where you put the guest in one (laughs) ear and the host in the other ear, it is a hot button for those of us who will walk around all day with one earbud. Um, and I've only heard half your show. We, we heard all the questions, but we never heard any of the answers. So Awesome. All right. I am Chris, and I am done speaking. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank Thanks for soon. jumping back in. That'd be a good good uh, show title. All the I heard all the questions and none of the answers, yeah, just, something exactly. like that. <laughs> uh, Jim, um, are you back from your break? On uh... Yeah, I am back from our break. We had Raz from Flow Water. Let's get that in there from flowwater.com uh, in. They make, these, uh, they make these faucet devices that are very, very technical that clean your water. And so we kind of talked about the crisis that's going on with plastic in our water systems, both watered bottle and in municipal systems. And it was just a fun show. So if you want to come out, if you're ever concerned about the quality of the water that you drink and the technology that goes into it, head out to the average guy. TV a little bit later today. And on the school of podcasting, I actually have an interview coming up at 2 PM where I'm interviewing Harry Duran about a podcast he's doing. That's hyper niche. So it might be that, or it might be the fact that I want to do something with my podcast, but I'm afraid I'm going to wet my pants. And how do you kind of overcome that? And uh, I actually did some consulting at a hugely discounted rate with the idea of, hey, I'm, we're going to do consulting, but I'm going to probably use this in an episode. And so I think I might use one of those this week. The good news is I, it's, it's, that's so much better than I don't know what I'm going to talk about. It's like it's either this, that, <laughs> or that. I'm trying to figure it out. We got three weeks covered at that point, right? Yeah, just about. Yeah, so yeah, thanks kinda. to the uh, chat room. Thanks to Clubhouse again. Hang around. We're not done. And uh, if you'd like to hear what we're going to talk about in the next 30 minutes, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and become an awesome supporter. Stick around. 